Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, and welcome to the Bay. Local news to keep you rooted. Okay, so some U.S. History 101 real quick. The concept of no taxation without representation. You know, it's basically that idea that the government doesn't have a right to take your coin if you don't have a say in what the government does with that coin. Well, that's not actually really true for a lot of people living in the U.S., including the millions of non-citizens who do not have the right to vote where they live. But in San Jose, the Bay Area's largest city, that could actually change. You know, we're talking about a city with a 40% foreign-born population. That's hundreds of thousands of people who could then have the right to vote. Today, how San Jose could give non-citizens the right to vote in local elections. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. This Tuesday, the San Jose City Council met for several things, but one that we're going to review recommendations to the city charter. Carlos Cabrera Lomeli is a community engagement reporter for KQED. Two council members, Magdalena Carrasco and Silvia Arenas, introduced a memo which includes some additional recommended changes to the city charter. And the most important one of these recommended changes brought by these two council members is expanding the eligibility 
to vote in, in local elections in San Jose to anyone who is a resident of the city and is at least 18 years old. How many people would you say called in to kind of share their opinion on the idea of allowing non-citizens to vote? And what kinds of voices did you hear calling in? I'd say it was a little under 200 people. Public comment went on for several hours. My name is Giselle and I was born and raised in East San Jose. I've lived in District 10 for 36 years. Buenas tardes, mi nombre es Eva Heredia y soy residente de San Jose. What I heard was overwhelmingly in favor. It's time for San Jose to take municipal voter eligibility into our own hands and assert that we know better than the federal government. You had a lot of like organizers and people involved with these community groups, but you also had a lot of other residents who heard about this and immediately jumped at this potential change. I don't see the city of San Jose complaining when it comes from taking taxes from immigrants with no legal status. We need to end taxation without representation in our city. By approving special study session, we are taking a huge first step in expanding democracy in our city. Give me the opportunity to vote on this on our next ballot and do not allow hate to continue to oppress my family, my community, my San Jose. Thank you. I want to talk a little bit about what exactly is on the table here, um, but also kind of contextualize this. How many other places in the U.S. allow non-citizens to vote in local elections? Like, is this rare? Yeah, super rare. You know, out of the thousands of, you know, municipalities and counties within the U.S., it's about around a dozen. You know, in California, San Francisco only allows non-citizens to vote in school board elections. Uh, New York City, however, has a population of around 40% that are immigrants, and that's roughly on par with San Jose. Last year, they approved to let non-citizens vote. In the context of San Jose, what exactly could this look like, at least according to what advocates say that they want right now? So in this memo, how is, uh, how is a resident of San Jose defined? They define it as anyone who's lived in the city for at least 30 days. This would be much more expansive, uh, much more ambitious than what San Francisco, uh, for example, already has. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, this would include the mayoral election. Um, this would also include uh, races for council members, also uh, city measures. We're pretty early in the process. The measure that voters could end up seeing in their ballot if this proposal gets to that point could look slightly different. I mean, it seems like a a big argument of this is that voting for mayor or city councilors has a direct impact on your everyday life where you live. And we've talked on this show before about how important that is. And I have to imagine that that's kind of the rationale for why advocates believe that allowing non-citizens to vote is necessary. Can you tell me about some of the people in San Jose who are behind this and what they're saying? A coalition of Immigrant advocacy groups, organizers, uh, neighborhood groups have been pushing for this for for years. One of these organizers is Esther, Esther Melendez. Mi nombre es Esther Melendez y he vivido aquí en San Jose por 30 años. Vivo aquí mismo 30 años. And she's part of SIREN, which stands for 
the Services, Immigrant, Rights, and Education Network, an advocacy group in the South Bay. Later this month, she's actually becoming a U.S. citizen. For her, it's, it's something very frustrating that she had to wait 30 years to finally get a vote and a political voice. Es una frustración no poder dar un voto o no poder votar por algo que, que es correcto o que no es correcto, que nos beneficia o que no nos beneficia. I mean, she knows San Jose so well. Like, it's her city. It's where her kids were raised. It's where, you know, she, she, you know, she herself grew up as well. Que vengo esperando desde, yo creo que desde el primer día que pisamos aquí este país, este lugar, y que, y que ha crecido mucho y que hace falta mucho por hacer. You have people who, um, unfortunately, due to the immigration system, to the obstacles, presented. There's people who have to wait several decades to become resident, to become citizen, etc. People mention, you know, that there's a line and the line is very, very, very long. And what about the elected officials? Um, who who are some of the most vocal supporters of this idea in terms of elected officials? We've seen officials, uh, you know, council members who have been very vocal on the beginning of this measure. Uh, you know, like council member Carrasco, our own Congress has not been able to get their act together. That's why cities across the country, 15 to be exact, have had to enact local policies, local legislation. Carrasco represents part of East San Jose. East San Jose is a center for, for the city's immigrant community. Thanking our essential workers for risking their lives is meaningless if we don't give them the rights that I believe they deserve to be those architects of their of their own destiny. It's a nucleus for in the Bay Area, for for the Vietnamese community, for the Latin American community, for the South Asian community. And East San Jose has a big chunks of those populations. This is not just a Latino issue. It's an issue that is an international issue that are uh, that impacts all of our communities. Representatives of those areas are, are speaking up the most. We're also seeing some um, some hesitance from other officials who, you know, have expressed support about this in the past, but now are a little a little cool or a little iffy about seeing this forward. And they're saying, hey, the way that this additional recommendation was presented outside of what the commission brought is a point of concern for them. Um, but at the end, we have to look at the results of, the, of how the board voted. And it was 11 to 1, including Mayor Sam Licardo. Yes. Arenas? Yes. Foley? Aye. Ahan? Aye. Jones? Aye. Ricardo? Aye. Thank you. It's important to be uh, super, super concrete on what the council voted on. Council and city officials are going to study the potential impacts of expanding voter eligibility. Once officials are done reviewing this, they then have to vote whether to include it in the ballot for one of the city's upcoming elections. So, okay, so those are some of the people who are supporting this idea and based on how the city council meeting went, it kind of seems like a lot of folks are really excited about this. Um, but are we seeing any opposition to this idea in San Jose as well? I consider voting to be both a right and a responsibility for citizens. The only vote against this was cast by Deb Davis. She's a council member and she's also running for mayor. Her big argument is that if you are a non-citizen, yes, you are paying taxes, but you already benefit 
from what your taxes pay for. Everyone who pays taxes gets services for those taxes. And then those services are available to you regardless of your citizenship status. Uh, you know, her argument was like, okay, you're, you're, you're not a citizen, but you can still call 911 and people will go answer your call or you can still, you know, send your kids to school. And so there are not just people who have been here for a really long time. There are people here living here on tourist visas. There are people who have overstayed their tourist visas. There are people here who are on temporary protected status. Um, there are people here on student visas. Every single one of those people is a citizen of another country. They have allegiance to another country. They hopefully, wherever they come from, have the right to vote in that country. These are a group of folks who may or may not be familiar with the laws and processes here in our country and in our city in particular. And there's also very vocal opposition from the county's Republican Party. So I spoke to Shane Patrick Connolly, who is the chair of the Santa Clara County uh, GOP. Uh, I think this proposal devalues citizenship. And I think there's a lot of studying that needs to be done because this is a fairly radical scheme. His concern is that the plan sets the um, minimum requirement to be a resident 30 days. You know, I, this may seem far-fetched to some, but uh, if I were China and I wanted to control major cities around the United States and I wanted to send in a bunch of people that would make a difference in a local election, you, know, you could definitely have some gaming. I think it's a slippery slope to greater election fraud. Doing a bit of research myself, you know, in New York, in San Francisco, and in the other municipalities that, that have something similar to this, uh, we haven't seen an instance of a candidate, you know, mobilizing a group of non-citizens uh, to unfairly influence the election. I, I have asked him whether there has been evidence in, in past interviews I've had with him, and he hasn't, you know, he hasn't been able to give, give that information. Stepping back a little bit, Carlos, just like thinking about how big of a deal this might be for San Jose. And this feels like such a Bay Area story to me because I feel like nationally, you know, there's this widespread effort to actually make voting harder for people in some states. But here in the Bay Area, you're seeing the beginnings of this effort to actually expand voting. Exactly. And... And even within the Bay Area, we have to take a look at the role that San Jose has. It's a city where, where many immigrant families, many immigrant residents have uh, moved to historically, but also in the past few years it is, as they've been priced out, out of San Francisco, out of Oakland. It's very much a hub for, for the Bay Area's immigrant community. It could be an example of what could happen across the barrier and the power that immigrant-led organizing has in cities across the region. Carlos, why is this happening now? You mentioned that advocates have been working on this and trying to get this done for years. What's the window of opportunity that advocates see right now? Something that, that organizers have mentioned is that the way they see it, it's, this is a part of a much bigger fight. The White House has not been able to keep its promises on providing an immigration form. So for them, it's up to cities, organizers at a local level to show what's possible, to show what, including non-citizens, including undocumented immigrants, including people who have a long path um, ahead in normalizing their immigration situation, showing what 
it looks like to include them in the political process. Well, Carlos, thank you so much for joining us and talking about this with us. I appreciate it. Of course. It's always a pleasure to be here. That was Carlos Cabrera Lomeli, a community engagement reporter for KQED. This episode of The Bay was produced and cut by Christopher Beale. Our editor is Alan Montecilio, who scored this episode and added the tape. If you liked this episode, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts to let us know. It really helps other people find our show. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. We're taking Monday off, but I'll catch you right back here on Wednesday. Have a good weekend, y'all. Stay safe. Peace. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, it was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.